Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm William. I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons. And today we are covering Salamanders. Hey, Brian. Hey, Will. How you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. It's good to hear. I'm doing well as well. It's a little how to face itch. I was getting it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It comes with beards. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so it is time to take a break from the horrifying hellscapes of the abyss and the nine hells and time, to, and time to take a short vacation to a place pretty much just as bad. Oh, okay. The Elemental Plane of Fire. Oh, so that's like adjacent. To... <laughs> it's, it's, well, I mean, it's adjacent in experience, I would say. Maybe not in planological geography. I don't know what you call that. Right. It's um, more chaotic than lawful uh, in terms it, of I hell. I guess so. I think, I think it is more chaotic. It's more neutral than anything. But um, here we will visit with a creature who in our world is a rather cute, albeit slimy amphibian found near bodies of waters, especially after rainfall. But here in D&D is a horrific reptilian fire monster with a nasty disposition, a terrible history of slavery, and can be found in the most uninhabitable, uninhabitable locations imaginable. That's right. It's time to talk about salamanders. Salamanders. Those <laughs> nasty slavers. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, sinuous and sinister, wreathed in flames like the classic images of a soul burning in hell, the salamander is truly the stuff of nightmares. <laughs> Combining two common representations of evil snakes and fire salamanders, evil snakes and fire salamanders do their best to live up to their opponent's preconceived notions. Um, a salamander's form combines the well-muscled torso of a humanoid with the lower body of a constrictor snake. Individuals might range in length from a mere four feet to a whopping 32 feet. Oh, we don't have the metrics here. Uh, we don't have the metrics here. Hold on. We, how many? Four feet? Four feet is like 1.3 meters. <laughs> oh, and 32 feet. What do you got? 32 feet convert <laughs> meters. I can barely do like dice arithmetic. Are you serious? <laughs> um, 32 feet to 32 meters is not what I'm looking for. Why didn't Google just give me like a converter? It usually does. Well, I think you put 32 F, which confused it. There oh, we, we got go. 9.7536 meters, there baby. There we go. Although salamanders are asexual, their thin faces have a distinctly masculine appearance. 
A typical salamander's craggy features include a hooked nose and jutting chin. A salamander's entire body is covered in thick scales of red and black that provide excellent protection from physical attacks. Spines of chitinous material poke out from between a salamander's scales. Ooh, some chitin spikes? Chitin spikes. That's cool, I think. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. It's got a cool factor. What if I um, had chitin spikes coming out of my elbows? I mean, you'd be intimidating. It'd be a pretty yeah, good move get fighter a, after that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And you All get right. a plus one in intimidation for Ooh. sure. The oily liquid that oozes from the tips of these barbs is a natural waste product of the salamander's metabolism. Okay, now we're, we're sliding from cool into gross. <laughs> <laughs> we're, sliding, we're sliding on these oils from yeah. cool into gross. Uh, when exposed to the intense heat generated by the creature body the substance bursts into flames okay we're back in cool territory <laughs> creating a fiery aura that radiates no more than one inch or something in metric from the salamander you want to you want to give me that yeah, in centimeters <laughs> inch is it how many one one inch yeah i'm doing this live uh that's 0.0254 meters which is probably not very no, helpful no. but it's two and a half centimeters there roughly. we there we 2. go 2.54 why would i even bother like estimating or rounding when i have the actual number sorry everyone sorry to our overseas listeners <laughs> the temperature of this aura is so great the direct contact with it deals fire damage boils away liquids and incinerates paper so they have chitinous spikes coming from their body yeah that ooze an oil that is constantly on fire. Yeah, so they're not like they're like w- kind of still wet like a salamander would be, but also not wet. Also very hard it sounds like. Yes, very not wet because it's always burning. Right, that's fire. where I'm at. Like right. is it wet because it's oily and like that's why it can stay wet or is it just not wet at all? Is it just um, I want to say not wet at all. A salamander walks into a bar. <laughs> uh, it, the party sees it and is like, "Oh, is it wet or what?" <laughs> Even approaching a salamander is dangerous, since flesh blisters and burns in its proximity. Their yellow eyes glow like candles in the deep-set hollows of their hawkish faces. Their weapons glow red and sear the bodies of their enemies on contact. Cool. Uh, so the weapon does. So they, they can't Well, just, the like, weapon does, but also just kind of standing next to them does as well. Okay, yeah. yeah. There's not a fire elemental, right? It's like an actual monster that lives in the plane of fire yes but i think it falls under the elemental category but it is a a, a creature of flesh and blood gotcha um before we get into what salamanders in DD are like though did you know that salamanders have a ton of real life mythological lore in the real world Ooh, uh i guess i know a little like there's salamanders get thrown around i want to hear what you got though okay salamander is an amphibian of the order of Uridella, which, as with many real creatures, often has been ascribed fantastic and sometimes occult qualities by pre-modern authors, as in the allegorical descriptions of animals and medieval bestiaries, uh, not possessed by the real organism itself, though. The legendary salamander is often depicted as a typical salamander in shape with a lizard-like form, but is usually ascribed an affinity with fire, sometimes specifically uh, elemental fire. Uh, in medieval Europe, bestiaries, fanciful depictions of salamanders include a satyr-like creature in a circular wooden tub. That's a weird one. A worm penetrating flames. That's I don't like the wording on that one. A winged dog. Okay. And a small bird in flames. A satyr in the tub sounds on brand. It, it does. Uh, of all the traits ascribed to salamanders, the ones relating to fire have stood out the most prominently. This connection probably originates from a behavior common to many species of salamander hibernating in and under rotting logs. When the wood was brought indoors and put on the fire, the creatures mysteriously appeared 
from the flames. Oh so no! People, people used to think that like flames, salamanders spontaneously generated from fire. They were really just trying to get the fuck out of dodge. Yes, exactly, because they're burning alive. They're like, hey, what the fuck? They're like, oh my god, it's my house. Yes, exactly. Um, I noticed you the uh, differentiated regular fire from elemental fire. Um, so I mean, I'm magical fire. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I was maybe looking for yeah. like, oh, this is the purest of flame. Well, and I think they're in the inherent to be. I think what it means way. when it says that is uh, elemental fire in like the alchemical sense, where like the original alchemists in real life uh, perceived like the uh, elements as being fire, air, water, and earth, mm-hmm. versus like nowadays we know what elements actually are. So that's that. There you go. Okay. Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci wrote the following on the salamander. <clears throat> This has no digestive organs and gets Whoa. no food. This is Leonardo da Vinci talking. It's like I'm in the fucking <laughs> renaissance, this is, bro. I should have an Italian accent. I don't know why I don't. Okay. This has no digestive organs and gets no food but from the fire, in which it constantly renews its scaly skin. The salamander, which renews its scaly skin in the fire for virtue. Ooh. Later, Paracelsus, a Swiss physician, alchemist, lay theologian, and philosopher of the German Renaissance, suggested that salamanders were the elementals of fire which has had substantial influence on the role of salamanders in the occult. Paracelsus, oh God, this name, Paracelsus. Paracelsus, contrary to the prevalent belief at the time, considered salamanders not to be devils, but similar to humans, only lacking a soul, along with giants, dwarves, mermaids, elves, and elemental spirits in the human form. These were scientists of the time. Oh, yeah, I know. There's a lot of religious undertones. Yeah. Like, I, I, had, uh, I was raised Catholic, and I had uh, leaders of the Catholic Church tell me that, like, I don't mean like the Pope. I mean like in my community. <laughs> no, the Pope himself. <laughs> the came Pope to came to me and he was like, "Dogs don't go to heaven. They don't have souls." <laughs> I was like, "What are you talking about? <laughs> what the fuck are you saying?" <laughs> so back to the salamander. The salamander is found throughout French folklore, although in differing form. In addition, or sometimes instead of its fire symbolism, it was attributed to powerful poison. Some legends say that by that merely by falling into a well, it would poison the water and by climbing a fruit tree, poison the fruit. Its highly toxic breath was reportedly enough to swell a person until their skin broke. Oh, God, that's a French word. Wow. And, and I'm going to say it wrong, and I'm going to do my best, and I apologize to all our possible French Say or French it like Brad listening. Pitt from Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> how would you say this word? Auvergne. <laughs> that's exactly how you would say it. And, it's and, A-U-V-E-R-G-N-E. And, and, and Auvergne I'm just, I'm is how I'm going to pronounce Alverne, it. Auvergne, that's really good. It made I, it sound like I'm, wine. I'm sure it's not how it's pronounced. I have it, the power of the internet. In, Al, in Auvergne, which is a region in central France, it supposedly did the same to herds of cattle. Um, this gained it the name of Bellows Breath. Like the real animal, the legendary salamander breathed seldom. Unlike the real salamander, the only way to kill one was said to be to lock it in a confined space so that it breathed its own poison. Oh, shit. Uh, oh gosh! Is yeah, it we really? were a syllable oh, off. We were... It's just Alvern. 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 Good old Alvern. Um, where? Oh yeah, the Bretons, Celts who lived in northwest France, feared it so they did not dare say its real name for the fear it would hear and then kill them. Hold on, what? <laughs> so this thing is like Voldemort to them. <laughs> <laughs> like they wouldn't even speak about this thing. Thou that slithers. Yeah, exactly. Thou that scuttles. Indeed. All right, back to Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, sweet. 
As a native of the elemental plane of fire, a salamander does not think like a creature of the material plane. It has no drive to propagate because their asexual budding is an automatic process. It has no drive to find sustenance since smoke and flames provide all the nutrients it requires. It has no need to secure shelter because this environment poses no danger to it. If the elemental plane of fire is getting low on salamanders, then it just like, I guess, branches in the elemental plane of earth and like eats some trees so that there are logs to burn. There we go. I like that. <laughs> I need um, wet logs. A lot of adventurers running here killing all my <laughs> salamanders lately. What then motivates a salamander, you might ask? Um, in a word, fire. Born of fire, nurtured by it, and surrounded by it constantly, salamanders live by its rules and embrace its strengths. Fire burns. Fire consumes. Fire destroys. Fire represents the ultimate in strength and power, and salamanders judge all things by their interactions with it. Like the will of fire from Naruto. The will of fire? What? Yeah. That doesn't ring a bell. It's a, they're the village hidden in the leaves, but they embody the will of fire. Okay. And whenever bad guys are like, how come this dude won't give up? It's like, oh, it's the will of fire. Fuck. <laughs> Why don't I remember that? It's like a, it's almost like a, it's like a main theme. Is I think, it? For most of the show, yeah. Wow, you're blowing my mind right now. It's been a long time, but <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right. So, Earth and Earth and Stone smoke and crack beneath a salamander's fiery form, but withstand destruction, and so they earn its respect. Metals bend to the will of fire, but resist complete annihilation, and so the salamander employs it as a tool. Gems capture and reflect the light of fire, splitting it into a dazzling display of color and brilliance, and so the salamander prizes gems. All else is of little consequence. At the touch of fire, liquids boil away, paper turns to ash, and the creatures of the material plane cower. Thus, all of these earn only contempt from a salamander. That whole last paragraph would make the most fucking metal, like death metal <laughs> lyrics ever. Yeah, I, sh I should convert it. <laughs> that would be so good. Just put it to some riffs, baby. Yeah, absolutely. These cruel, rapacious predators destroy all they encounter leaving nothing but devastation in their wake. Even when such destruction is not their goal, it is nevertheless inevitable, for little can withstand prolonged exposure to a salamander's consuming flames. Damn. So much like a fire elemental, like, they just burn everything everywhere they go just by existing. Mm. Um, but also they enjoy destroying, so that doesn't help as well. Yeah, so, like, if they're in the elemental plane of fire, they can't, like, destroy other fire, right? No, yeah, that's why. And they're surrounded by it. Like, they enjoy fire. Fire is, like, the thing that they live by. So it's like it's just like chilling at home, but sometimes they got to go out and destroy or they just wait for people to show up so they can destroy. Mm, I, OK, so I think it's more along the lines of I guess, yes, yeah, some salamanders would do like raiding parties and stuff. But like if they see something like if they see a group of adventurers, they're probably going to attack because, you know, these fleshy beings don't belong in their fireland unless they can withstand it. In, in which case, like, then they earn the respect of the salamanders. So, like, salamanders attack. You beat the salamanders, but let's say you don't kill the salamanders. Salamanders might not attack anymore because they're like, oh, never mind. You are of the flame. Oh, they're down. The will of fire. Sick. The will of fire. <laughs> it's fucking Naruto. He's here. Uh, salamanders adore power, and they delight in setting fire to things. Outside their home plane, they play among the burning skeletons of charred trees as forest fires rage around them or slither down the slopes of erupting volcanoes to linger in fire pits and magma flows. I, I have a terrible habit on this show of a asking questions that are about to be addressed in the very next paragraph. Oh, yeah. No, I, which is, I think that's actually good. It means you're listening and it means that, like, we're on the same page in our, like, Yeah, the line flow of, of information yeah. it seems uh, intuitive. Right, yeah, okay. right. Native to a harsh environment where only the strong can survive, salamanders devote much of their time to games of warfare and social dominance, largely because they themselves are prey for more powerful beings, such as the Ifrit. 
Uh, salamanders take great delight in venting their frustrations on weaker races. <laughs> they play chess with each other with like chunks of coal, burning coal. Yeah, I could see that actually. That'd Little be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, the inherent heat that emanates from a salamander is an asset to their skills as metalsmiths, allowing them to soften and shape iron and steel with their bare hands. So they don't need forges. They are forges. That's fucking cool. It's pretty cool. Although not as meticulous as Azers, salamanders number among the greatest metalsmiths in all the plains. It's a pretty good adventuring hook. Like, I am the forge. Yeah, like, the adventurers is. are like, we're here to find the forge. Like, <laughs> you found him. Hey. <laughs> check check this out. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Let me pull back my fire. <laughs> the uh-huh. elemental plane of fire is an endless expanse of flame. Huge sheets of black basalt float in the oceans of magma, and all of it has been a place since the creation of the multiverse. The environment is the natural habitat of salamanders and the one with which they are most familiar. The curse of being an elemental, however, is that creatures from other planes can call upon you to do their bidding, if even for only a short period of time. Summoning spells expose salamanders to a wide variety of terrains and settings, and they are capable of surviving in any kind of natural environment except underwater. Uh, Given a choice, salamanders gravitate towards the hottest, driest locales that they can find to establish their bases of operation. A subterranean layer makes an ideal refuge, second only to an active volcano. The dryness of the desert appeals to salamanders, but the distinct lack of fuel in such terrain poses a major drawback since long-term blaze is vital for raising young. Uh, hilly areas make a good salamander layers, providing easy access to underground areas, but still offering a good amount of fuel. It makes me think like when you go to the most extreme weather condition areas in the material plane, mm-hmm. that would like have sound like you go to the middle of the desert right like the dead center where it gets the hottest or whatever Mm -hmm. however deserts work yeah uh and you find salamanders there Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. that seems like a cool thing like you know you're in the fucking thick of that shit when you're seeing like elemental enemies yeah like we're we're so we're at such an extreme of the material plane that we're on the border of like um of the outer plane type of crap yeah they're like well we haven't seen a salamander in about a week so we're probably almost out of the desert yeah yeah that's i like that i like that train of thought mining operations also make mount uh mountains attractive sites for layers stranded salamanders cluster sometime clusters which is like a group sometimes offer their metalworking expertise to dwarven clans in exchange for sanctuary and a semblance of normal life many dwarven clans regularly summon creatures such as salamanders for for, or fire and earth elementals to help run their mining operations a little bit of synergy there mountains are hot shit man they're like very popular like housing market up in the mountains for T for D&D yeah like that's where the monsters roam for everyone sure. is competing for space up there up, up in the mountains yeah we yeah. got red dragons we got silver dragons we got salamanders and dwarves and yeah they're all making tunnels Absolutely. all of them all of them it's, it's amazing more mountains just don't collapse under the fact that they're hollowed out that's probably a fucking thing man. it could be a thing <laughs> probably a thing stone giants have to go up there and fucking remake that yeah shit, like. you got purple worms fucking shit up so perhaps the most home-like place that a stranded cluster of salamanders can find on the material plane is the smoking caldera of an active volcano an added bonus is the prevalence of portals that usually link ma- the material plane with the elemental plane of fire in such environments. Experienced salamanders know that the best chance of getting home is locating such a portal within a bubbling lava pool or a fir- fiery jet of ignited gas. Ooh, wow. I'm having so many good ideas for like, hey, you're walking up the mountain terrain. It, make a dexterity saving throw because the fucking ground is collapsing beneath you. There we go. Everybody is everybody be digging indeed they're all they can't stop (laughs) they won't stop they can't stop won't stop destroying the mountain they don't care (laughs) but we will stop with a short rest now hell yeah (laughs) shout out to
selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. We've returned. Indeed we have. We're fucking back. Yes! Podcast. Yes. Podcast. Go. Podcast. Activate. I'm trying. I'm trying. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. All right. Long ago, the Efreet hired Azers to build the fabled city of Brass, but then failed in their attempts to enslave that mystical race when the Azers' work was done. Turning instead to strike against the Salamanders, the Efreet had better luck in establishing a slave race, which they used to unleash war and destruction across the plains. Okay. Efreet is a... They're fire genies. Is a genie. Yeah. And then the Azers are the little bearded, flaming bearded people. Yeah, and they have like faces made of metal, kind of. That's yeah. Yeah. You you used them in a game. I did. Um, I just don't didn't. I don't really know the lore. lore. I know the Efri lore. They'll get their own episode for sure. Ooh. Um. Where was it? Oh yeah. The Efreet suffer salamanders to serve no other master. When Efreet encounter salamanders dedicated to the cults of elemental evil or some other entity, they slay them rather than taking them back Ooh. as slaves. Wow. Not all salamanders dwell under the yoke of the Efreet, however. Many roam free and are most often encountered in clusters, small groups of three to five individuals. On the elemental plane of fire, clusters belong to a tribe, which in turn might owe allegiance to either a king or a council. Uh, a salamander tribe consists of six to eight clusters that share a communal larvae blaze and metalworking facility. 
Although salamanders follow the destructive impulses of their fiery nature, slavery under the Ifrit has impacted the culture of free salamanders. They rule their own societies according to the Ifrit model, in which larger and stronger salamanders claim dominion over their lesser kin. Oh no, they were taught slavery yeah. and now it's just part of their culture? Yeah, yeah. That's terrible. <laughs> That's the worst. This yeah. is the worst kind of slavery we've covered so far in Dungeons it's and Dragons. Systemic, yes, absolutely. Jeez. Oh, a salamander's age, as salamander's age, they increase in size and status, rising to positions of power as cruel nobles among their kind. Nobles rule wandering bands of salamanders which move across the elemental plane of fire like desert nomads raiding other communities for treasure. Noble salamanders almost always rule over average salamander communities either singly or as a group. Uh, such oligarchies often owe allegiance to even more powerful creatures of fire such as red dragons or refreak. I forget that dragons just go wherever the fuck they want. They huh? really do. They yeah. really do. I mean, they're fucking dragons. Who's going to stop them? Yeah, they're, they're fucking dragons. <laughs> uh, away from their home plane, salamander groupings rarely expand beyond the cluster since the local environment usually cannot support a larger population. There are two takes on salamander reproduction, 5e and pre-5e. <laughs> now, 5e's explanation is perfectly fine. Straightforward and sensible, 5e states that salamanders hatch from eggs that are two-foot diameter spheres of smoldering obsidian. When a salamander is ready to hatch, it melts its way through its egg's thick shell and emerges as a fire snake. A fire snake matures into a salamander adult within a year. Aw, little baby fire snake. Pre-5e gets into the details of a crazy asexual reproduction process called budding. Oh, boy. Here we fucking go. And I want to talk about it. <laughs> of course you do. The new will is highly sexual. No, it's just, I love it when D&D gets needlessly into the reproduction of a monster. It's hilarious to me. Yeah, how many times have we done it? Wasn't the snail, the flail snail, uh, oh, like, man. reproduction thing it, crazy? I think it might have been, but there's been a lot. There's been quite a few. They just um, pseudo each other until a new, a new snail. That sounds born. right, but I don't remember. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember what it was exactly. So, a salamander reproduces asexually by budding, splitting off one larva every 10 years. Um, budding is an automatic function over which the salamander has no control. The process takes one week, after which the salamander is particularly vulnerable to attack until its body has recovered. Uh. The first sign of budding is a swelling at the tip of the salamander's tail. The lump grows and spreads upward through the tail, increasing in size each day. Salamanders are extremely irritable and more vicious than normal during this time. Um, yeah, because their butt's about to explode. From the second <laughs> to the fifth day, the lump slows the salamander's movement by one half and prevents it from constricting. By the sixth day, the salamander's entire body is swollen and the creature is practically immobile. My butt. <laughs> oh. Exactly. Don't touch me. <laughs> exactly. On the seventh day, the salamander's skin splits open, releasing the original adult salamander with a new skin plus one larva. For one week following the budding, the parents... The parent salamander's natural AC bonus is reduced while its new scales harden. It generally tries to avoid making constriction attacks during this time since sustained pressure is extremely painful on the newly formed skin. Once the scales have reached their full hardness, the salamander is ready to resume its former activities. A larva must be incubated within a fire source for one full year to evolve into a mature salamander. Although dangerous in its own right, it cannot survive for long outside of fire. If prevented from returning to its nurturing flames for more than one minute, a larva cools rapidly and dies as its body hardens into a substance resembling charred wood Aww. because of this vulnerability larva incubation chambers called blazes are heavily guarded and defended unto death 
Oh, uh, shit. The maturation process works much the same as budding. At the end of its year in the flames, the larva swells, uh, tripling in size over the course of one week. At the end of the week, a larva skin splits, re- releasing an adult salamander. Newly formed salamanders have the same vulnerabilities and restrictions as those that have just budded, and those limitations last for the same period of time. And one year cooking time. Yeah, yeah. So not that salamanders actually get along with most creatures they meet on the elemental plate of fire, but salamanders absolutely absolutely despise Azers. Well, yeah. And for terrible reasons, believing that if the Yafrit had succeeded in dominating that race of elemental crafters, the salamanders would still be free. Bummer. Yeah. The Yafrit use this enmity to their own advantage, uh, stoking the salamanders' hatred and pitting them against the Yafrit's former servants. Oh, the wow. Yafrit are despicable. Um, that's all I have on salamanders, man. Okay. We want to stat questions? block it? No, I, they're... They're nasty. They're, they're nasty. They're little bastards. Yeah, but they're, I mean, they're they're fun to use in a fight as a DM. Sure. Yeah, it um, takes a long time to cook a salamander. You have to does. bake a lot of hatred into you it. You really do. Um, yeah, tell me about the uh, the salamander stat block, man. I wanna, I, can I tell you about the fire snake first? Sure, absolutely. That's, that's a stat block. Yeah. Here. So we got a fire snake, which is medium elemental neutral evil. So they are evil. Uh, mm. Armor class is 14 natty. HP is 22 or 5d8. Speed's 30 feet. I'm going to do a little flame slither, slither, slither. Strength is 12 <laughs> plus 1. Which one of these? I, oh, fuck it. Dexterity is 14 plus 2. Con is 11 plus 0. Uh, intelligence, 7. Minus 2. Dumb little snake. Mm-hmm. Dumb little snake. Mm-hmm. So cute. I mean, they're babies, though. You dumb so. little baby. You don't That's know a smart baby. A 7 for a baby. I, I don't think it's too bad. Okay. <laughs> Wisdom is 10 plus 0, and charisma is 8 minus 1. You ugly, <laughs> dumb little babies. <laughs> Uh, okay, we got damage vulnerability is cold. We got damage resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical att- attacks. Pretty good for a baby. Mm-hmm. Damage mm-hmm. immunity, fire. <laughs> Makes total sense. Dark vision, because everything has dark vision for 60 feet. The passive perception of 10. Languages, it understands Ignin, which is a subsect of primordial, but can't speak. Challenge rating is 1 and yields 200 experience points. Mm. Heated body, uh, a creature that touches the snake or hits it with a melee attack. While within five feet of it, takes three or 1d6 fire damage. So that's going to be a lot of elemental plane stuff, like yes. uh, for fire specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, actions, is we got the multi-attack. The snake makes two attacks, one with its bite and one with its tail. Pretty good for a little baby to have a multi-attack. A bite is a melee weapon attack with plus three to hit. Reach of five feet on one target. It's going to hit for three or 1d4 plus one piercing damage plus three or 1d6 fire damage. That's a lot uh, for challenge rating one creature yeah i guess so they're uh, they're feisty little things tail is the melee weapon attack with plus three to hit with the reach of five feet on one target's going to hit for three one d4 plus one bludgeoning damage plus three one d6 fire damage so the exact same thing it's weird that you gave it two bludgeoning, different attacks. bludgeoning versus piercing i suppose oh i guess yeah that is that is fair mm-hmm. all right so some some things resist one or the other uh all right so that's it for the fire snake uh, let's go to the beefy adult salamander. This one's in the in the monster manual is wielding like a crazy spear. Mm-hmm. Is this a spear? It's got this like, crescent um, moon thing on it. I think it still counts as a spear. Okay, yeah. so it's gonna stop you from uh, like going all the way through someone. Which I guess is fine, maybe. Depending. Yeah, on what you're if you're if you're looking to pull it back and not, not get it stuck, so Ooh, that's probably see, what I that's see. for. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that hilt is curved very very well for like going around a human body like see the stab and then you use that to to drag them down to the oh floor. my god yeah all right we got a salamander of large <laughs> elemental neutral evil so this one's large uh armor class is 15 natty uh with 90 hp that's 12 d10 plus 24 got a speed of 30 feet 
Strength is 18, which is plus 4. Dex is 14, plus 2. Con is 15, plus 2. Intelligence, 11, plus 0. Wisdom, 10, plus 0. And Charisma, 12, plus 1. So this is like a powerful adventurer level stats. So you got an 18, a 14, a 15, and then dump stats, 11, 10, 12. Yeah, well, 12 not, yeah. not even dump. Really. Yeah, not even dump, I mean, really. he, comparatively, the, right? The Salamander rolled well. Yes, and it has damage vulnerability to cold, which mm. is a huge buff for an adventurer. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Damage resistance, uh, budging, piercing, and slashing from non-magical attacks, just like its little baby form. Immunity to fire, dark vision of 60 feet, passive perception of 10, speaks ignan, has a challenge rating 5, yielding 1,800 experience points. Heated body, uh, same thing as the baby. Uh, is it the same damage? This is probably a higher damage. Two d seven or two d six. This one gives out three or one d six of fire damage. So it's damage. double. So yeah, bigger heated body damage buff here, and then we have heated weapons. Any metal, uh, any metal melee weapon that the salamander wields deals an extra three or one d six fire damage on a hit included in the attack. Uh, actions multi attack salamander salamander makes two attacks one with its spear and one with its tail so it learned in its adulthood that teeth are treasures not tools <laughs> well and i had a coworker that taught me that <laughs> do you remember no i don't katie um what about teeth though i don't the teeth are treasures not tools is that is that a saying that she said yeah she i don't she remember to, that like, uh, manage children. Yes, which yeah. makes a lot of sense. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Spear, melee or ranged weapon attack, plus seven to hit, reach of five feet or range of 20 uh, or 60 feet on one target. So I guess that's like a throw. Mm -hmm. um, hit is going to be 11 or 2d6 plus four piercing damage or 13, 2d8 plus four piercing damage. If used with two hands to make a melee weapon. Oh, that is the difference. Uh, so if you use, well, yeah. If they two hand it, they do more damage. Yeah. Um, plus three, 1d6 fire damage. Uh, tail, melee weapon attack with plus 7 to hit, reach of 10 feet, one target. It's going to hit for 11 or 2d6 plus 4. Bludgeoning damage plus 7, 2d6 fire damage, and the target is grappled. Very, very buffed tail mm -hmm, going on. Mm -hmm. When Absolutely. you're grappled, uh, creature speed becomes zero, and it can't benefit from any bonus to its speed. Plus, they're taking all that heated body damage. Oh, yeah. The, you're going to be right there, like, because you don't get disadvantage on attacks when you're grappled, but I think you... Yeah, the... Grapple's going to also induce a restrain, which we'll get to. The condition ends if the grappler is incapacitated. The condition also ends if the if an effect removes the grappled creature from the reach of the grappler or grappling effect, such as when the creature is hurled away by the Thunder Wave spell. Mm -hmm. uh, escape DC is 14. You're going to contest that with strength or dex, I believe. Yep. Until the grapple ends, the target is also restrained, which means the restrained creature's speed becomes zero and it can't benefit from bonuses to its speed. Attack rolls against the creature have advantage and the creature's attack rolls have disadvantage. Is there an instance, because, you know, it always says, like, when this creature is grappled, it's also restrained. Is there an instance of grappling being grappled but not restrained? Well, it needs it. It needs to say both things because an adventurer can grapple somebody, but it doesn't automatically restrain them. Oh, it just well then, makes okay. it so they can't yeah. get away. Gotcha. Much. Okay. Gotcha. So you guys can still attack each other like normal, like, but they right. can't, they can't get away. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, restraint gives the other benefits. It's like when your limbs are pinned down and shit. You're not just like grabbed by the cuff of the shirt and your arms are still free or whatever. Oh, okay. No. Okay. You've made sense of it to me. Yeah. Okay. Attack rolls against the creature have advantage and disadvantage. Uh, we already said that the creature has disadvantage on dexterity saving throws as well. Mm. when they're restrained the salamander can automatically hit the target with its tail and the salamander can't make tail attacks against other targets yeah so you do not want to so you have to spend your turn you have to spend your action uh in Getting your turn out of the tail. like relieving the grapple like contesting it if you 
don't do that, you're gonna get punished pretty hard. Yeah, he's exactly. gonna auto hit you. Auto hit plus plus the the heated body damage as well. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, well, heated body is you hitting them, not them hitting. Oh, you. is that how it works? It's not just. Oh wait, me. or hits when a creature that touches a salamander or, or hits. You're touching it. it you're grappled by yeah, it. Yeah. So I guess every turn you're gonna take. So you're gonna take two d two d six fire damage plus the auto tail damage. Yeah, that's, that's fairly powerful. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, um, you need to get the fuck out of that grapple ASAP. Yeah. Challenge yeah. rating five. That's that's pretty. Yeah. This yeah. all makes. Starting to make sense. A, a lot of splash damage. A lot of extra stuff. I like it. Uh, variations. Like if you're grappled, restrained with the tail, and it starts two-handing you with this fucking chompy spear. Mm-hmm. Ooh, mm-hmm. nasty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a satyr. Hey, satyr. Hey, buddy. Um. So, any questions about um salamanders? Anything uh, you want to add? I like the purple flame hair. I like the idea of like the different colors of fire being like represented. Yeah, yeah, because I'm like, oh, everything's red and orange. It's like, no, nah, yeah. there's lots of colors. Of fire. It's it's a really cool piece of art for the salamander. I, I like it a lot. Green fire and blue fire and white fire and like chemicals, man. Absolutely chemicals. All right, I think it's time that we take a long rest. Let's do that. everybody welcome to the long rest this is the part of the episode where we forget about what we just talked about and talk about something else get ready for bed mm-hmm. put on comfy shoes known as slippies <laughs> yeah. yes forgot about the slippies it rained yesterday it did i, I had some rained. slippies on oh that's yeah. that's not a good combination Oh, well, I mean, oh, I was inside. inside. Okay, gotcha. Okay. I was like, dang, you were out in the rain in slippies? I did go out in the rain in my slippies to get some mail, and I came back inside. I put my feet up to my fireplace where my pet salamander kind of got brought oh, him back to very normal. very nice, very nice. So I guess I didn't forget what we just talked no, about. No, you didn't. You brought it up. You made a good reference. I know. I used to say <laughs> this during the short rest when we would do bits there. But, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I was trying to bring it back. <laughs> <clears throat> all right. But we got Patreon shout outs for all the beautiful Patreon people that came into Patreon to patron us, patronize us, patronize me, daddy. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, oh, no. we, we got a few. We got a few of them. Shall we? We shall. Shall we thank the shit out of them? Yes, let's do it. Get ready. You guys ready? I'm going to thank the shit out of you right now. <laughs> okay, we got Tristan Merrick. Thank you, Tristan. Thank you, Tristan Merrick. Thank you, Tristan. Nine-tastic. Thank you, Nine-tastic. Thanks, Nine-tastic. Colin Gentry. Thank you, Colin. Do you think it's Gentry? Do you think it's a hard G? Or do you think it's Ooh. Jiffin or Giffin? I think it's Gentry. I would say Gentry. Yeah, I would too. Colin Gentry, thank you. <laughs> Oh boy! Is that Enchiridion? What does it say? Um, oh no! Oh, oh no. wait, that's, wait! That's... Mariko gave us a pronunciation for this, didn't oh. she? Uh, did she? Where did she put it? I don't know. Ah oh, dang! We're gonna come back to that one. <laughs> okay. Can you go into the Discord? I can try. Thank you. Um, it's in her. It's in her. It's okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh. Oh wait, no, she put a YouTube link right here for me. Mariko, you rule. Okay. okay. Let's get through this ad first. This is an ad. <laughs> I don't have YouTube red. Oh man, I should have watched this before. Oh, this is this is a German. Did you get it? Did you get Eichunchen? it? Eichhörnchen? <laughs> ah, I see. Okay, there will be a cut there. Because that was not probably fun to listen to. Um, all right. Thank you. Einschanschen. 
Druid. Einschunchen? It is the German word for squirrel. Okay. Thank you, Einschunchen or Squirrel Druid. Thank you, Einschunchen Druid. Thank you. You dirty squirrel. (laughs) Thank you, Pierre Yves Halle. Thank you, Pierre. Oh, Pierre Pierre Yves Halle. Thank you. Thank you, Pierre. Shit. Thank you. Thank you, Pierre. Uh, Samantha Fletcher. Thank you, Samantha. Thank you, Samantha. And Harry Pledger. Thank you, Harry. <laughs> I wonder if it's because he's a pledger. He's pledging. <laughs> or maybe that's just loyalty to Team McGorgan. <laughs> Oracle 44. Thank you, Oracle 44. Oh, my bad. Oracle underscore 44. Why is, it, why is the underscore important? Usually it's not. It's there. I mean... <laughs> Okay, fine. Thank you, Oracle <laughs> underscore 44. Wes Harvin the second. Thank you, Wes Harvin <laughs> the second. Thank you. Uh, man, I'm resisting the urge to call you Junior. Wes Harvin the second. Well, you don't know if he's a junior because sometimes seconds are grandsons of the first. That's fair. That's yeah. very fair. Then he would just be Junior Junior. Yeah, I'm a fourth, but it skipped my dad. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, video game devil. <laughs> Thank you, Satan. Thanks. Uh, thank you, video game. <laughs> thank <level>. you, digital <laughs> Satan. <laughs> Appreciate your con- your re up. That was a re up. Hey, hey, baby. Welcome, welcome back again. Well, you never <laughs> left. Uh, and another upgrade. We got Eric James. Thank you, Eric. J. Eric James. Thank you. Welcome to welcome to tiered contributions, Eric James. Ari the Fox Kid. Welcome home, Ari. Thank you, Ari. We've the definitely Fox said kid. your name before, Ari. Yes. I Hello so. again. <laughs> William. Are they back or did they never left? No, they, they left. Never, but oh, they I think left. they're okay, back. But they're back. We appreciate that a lot. Indeed. You know. Uh Dark Rabbit. Thank you. Thank you, Dark Rabbit. Well, that's an upgrade too. Thank you, Dark Rabbit. Thank you, Dark Rabbit. Oh no. D- damn it. It's Dak Rabbit. <laughs> There's no R there. <laughs> thank you, Dak Rabbit. I have I do I legitimately do have a form of dyslexia where my brain you shuffles add letters? letters around. Oh, okay. Uh, mostly numbers, but it did, it did do that just now. It did okay. swap them around, and then I just said the oh, K. Oh, because the, K again. the R is after the K. Um, I, thank maybe you, that's Rabbit. what happened. Maybe I'm an idiot. Uh, Dave Logan. Welcome, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Uh, this one's blank, Will. What do I do? Um, Skip it, maybe? Okay. Well, <laughs> the next one's blank, Will. Okay, I think we're, we finished then. Oh, wait, there's no more. Yep. Okay, yeah, thank you, you guys. That was, thank oh, you, probably. everyone, for joining us on Patreon. Hopefully you're uh, enjoying your Patreon content, and uh, thanks for supporting us. It we really helps. We appreciate your generosity to no end. It helps to buy new chairs, which we are doing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and thanks to... Um, oh, man, hang on a second, because I don't want to get the name. I, know, I always want to say Mert. It's Murdak, isn't it? It's I believe. Not, I think it's Murdak, yeah. Uh, sometimes my brain does that thing, and I want to say Murdark or Murdrick or oh, yeah, something it's like Murdak. that. But it's Murdak. They, on Discord, uh, I'm pretty sure I know your real name, but um, thank you so much. We received uh, the thing you sent us in the P.O. box. Yes, and thank you very much. It will keep my. It will keep our feet safe as fuck. Yes, the best slippies. <laughs> the best slippies have boot <laughs> tread on them. <laughs> um, if you guys want to send anything to our P.O. box or... You know, whatever. Yeah, anything to the P.O. box, we will humbly accept it and then brag about it to everybody. So, <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot um, for everybody that has sent something to the P.O. box before. You can get that address in the description below. Now let me pull up this checklist. We got shout outs, which we did. We talked about Patreon because that is what the shout outs are. It's a, like the best way to support us aside from listening to the show. Yeah. Um, and if you want to see those sick 
uh, sal- uh, salamander lyrics Will wrote. You can look at show notes <laughs> in the Patreon if you want to see the show notes written. I'm going to have to look at it and see if I can turn them into It was fucking rad. I just that's, remember, that's like, so oh, funny. my God, I could hear, like, yes, 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 yes. Leave us an Apple podcast or Spotify review because it's badass when you do it. Yes, it's, yeah, I would say that's the defining term. It is absolutely badass. We we get, they've been consistently... When we were pushing for the 1,000, we were getting a ton of them, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. They've, they've sloped off, and, you know, we made the 1,000, but they come in, and they alternate every other week. We get, like, a little handful, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. none, and then a little handful, and I'm cool with that. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Let's Thank get you, us, guys. But, but you know what daddy like more? Steady streams. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've been listening to the show for a long time, and you've never reviewed it, we would encourage you to do so, because it really does help. And uh, you clearly does. like it, so yes. tell us that you like it. Make us... Make us feel good, mm-hmm. like how Bustin' makes the Ghostbusters feel good. You know what doesn't feel good? What? Blood Eagles. Oh, no. Unless you're They're doing back it. again. Unless you're doing it for the Dungeon Cast. Oh, no, don't. I mean, do, but don't. I skip forward to tie that joke in, because uh-huh. that's usually the second to last thing. We skip the merch store. If you guys want Dungeon Cast swagger, you go into a con or whatever, you want to look fucking D&D-esque, very chill. Uh, go buy some merch or whatever. Indeed. Jars? I've been wearing a Dungeon Cast shirt and a Dungeon Cast hat the jar. entire uh, episode. That's true. Jar I update? I love them very much. Yeah, jar update? Jars? Jar update. Jar? Yeah, we got jar update. Oh, you're asking me. I haven't looked. I should look. You should look. We're going to look after this episode. Yes, we will. Um, spread the word. Or the Blood Eagle. Or the, spread it like, the, like, like the, they do with the Blood Eagle thing. Uh, <laughs> you can follow us on Discord, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. <laughs> we got all that shit. Um, and we're going to start doing interviews on the show. I think we're going to get one in in the next couple episodes here. And uh, we're going to do them like try and do them once a month. So if you are uh, a content creator of some kind or know somebody that is interested in being on the show, reach reach out to us. We want to do um, probably uh, before the long rest segment, we'll slip in a interview. Yeah. Think, yeah. So before works. you hear this part on the episode that we'll we'll have like a nice little uh, I'll probably keep them pretty short. You know, depending on what we're talking about. I don't want to staple myself into a time, but mm-hmm. um, nothing too long. I think it'd be really cool to get to know some of the content creators out in the D&D world. So if you guys want to be on the show, hit us up. Reach out to us on like Twitter or whatever the fuck. We'll, we'll talk to you. You can send us an email on uh, thedungeoncast.gmail.com. If you're interested in advertising or anything, you can do that. Or if you just want to say what's up. Uh, if, if you're too good to send snail mail to P.O. Box, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it does kind of suck in a way. Snowmail? I like snowmail. I do, too. I like getting it more than I like sending it. Sure, that's true. That's like a lot of things. Uh, All right. Uh, That's it. We're going to call it a game. We're going to call it a game. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. 
Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.